The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grade Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew here on Wednesday morning as we do our game by game preview of uh this slate and uh we we do have some good games here for us some some high total games uh we don't have to deal with the kansas city chiefs on the main slate um so that that does feel like a blessing we have uh a couple of very interesting chalk scenarios right dearness johnson as of right now wednesday 905 central time he's the only active running back on the cleveland browns roster and this is not reflected in the projections yet but there is at least some chance that Dalvin Cook is suspended and not active for the Minnesota Vikings this week, um, which really, when there, when there is not one but two insanely lockish plays, uh, it, it really is a pretzel week for tournaments when you get to that level. Yeah, it definitely is a little weird one, and we'll, we'll see. Maybe Nick Chubb comes back. Um, he's eligible to be activated as long as he tests negative twice, so... I don't know. We'll see if those guys come back. We'll see if cook is out. Um, I think especially with two of those guys there, it's hard to like exclude both of them, but there are still obviously other running back plays that can get there. And then wide receiver in general is the highest ceiling position. So it, it'll be an interesting week. It'll definitely funnel ownership towards the more expensive plays just because there is um, pretty obvious value there. I think there's also going to end up being some pretty good tight end value. Cause I do think Rob Gronkowski is probably going to miss the game for the Tampa Bay bucks, which means You've got OJ Howard and Cam Bray down there. What's your What's your read on Noah Fant? Because that's the other one. Yeah, so he seems like he's more likely to come off, right? Because that was just a um, COVID IR situation, and I think my guess would be he he's back. I think I'd project him in right now. Whereas Gronk, it seems like it's more doubtful, though there is a chance that he plays. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and start with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, on the road at the New York Jets. So it feels like this is just the same thing um, every single week with uh, with the Buffalo Bills where they just they have a 30-point team total. They're against the team that sucks. You don't want to use the bring back. Uh, and they, they'd mostly gotten there in those games until last week. They, they finally did not get there last week. Well, yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's felt like they haven't really, at least at the, the price tags, they haven't really gotten there for – for some time, it feels like Allen is still putting up points, but we definitely had some misses on the skill position players for Buffalo. And um, I, I, I'm curious to see where ownership, like the price reflects, I mean, it's a fully priced Josh Allen. So you're not getting any price discount. Corey Davis is expected to be back for the Jets. There's going to be some diversity as far as their rotations. I think Elijah Moore probably did enough last week to to earn more playing time. Um, so you've got Keelan Cole, Jameson Crowder. I don't know. It's just like, it's definitely a messy situation. I, I think the Michael Carter checkdowns would be the bring back that you potentially bet on, but 
Bringbacks just haven't been getting there against the Buffalo defense because they've been so strong this year. And that's also kept the ceiling down a little bit on Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in the context of this slate, if I'm looking at guys with 30 point team totals and huge spreads, I, I prefer, uh, I, I prefer the Buccaneers guys, um, you know, in terms of, of their prices and everything and just the, the consistency of their role, you know, Antonio Brown out and, and like, you know, in any given week. And we think Dawson Knox will probably be back now too. Uh, he's at least listed as questionable. I I don't know if, I I don't think I've moved him back in the projections, but obviously you could. So, you know, any of of five guys can get there. I guess the, the interesting thing with the bills is that Zach Moss left their game against the Jaguars with, uh, I, I believe it was a concussion, a possible head injury. So if he doesn't play this week, I think we'll see really similar usage for Devin Singletary to what he got in week one. You know, I don't think they're putting him in a 50-50 with Matt Breida. In week one, Singletary played 75% of the snaps. He had 11 rushes and five targets. Now, he's much less interesting of a play with Dearness yeah. Johnson uh, and, and potentially Madison. But, I mean, 30-point team total, really 75% of the snaps for a running back is a good spot. Yeah, definitely. I feel like there's been these Devin Singletary value traps like on and off throughout his career and his ceiling is like 20 points. So definitely prefer the other running back values. But um, if either of those are removed from the slate, then Singletary would at least be a little bit interesting. Um, so uh, I, I didn't remove Denzel Mims from the projection because we're just getting moved here in the morning, but he is on the COVID reserve list. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's that big of a deal. He probably just loses snaps to Jeff Smith and Keelan Cole, but I, I am at least a little intrigued by Elijah Moore because, you know, kind of what we know about rookie wide receivers is they, a lot of the times they start slow and they're, they're the one like subset of players who consistently scores more fantasy points per game in the second half of the season than the first half of the season. He's got 14 targets the last two games. I, I think Elijah Moore is a, a decent um, bring back here. I, I, I'm sort of interested in him. Yeah. I, I mean, I just don't love it. I, I agree. Mims doesn't really matter. Corey Davis is going to be back though. And so it's yeah. just, I think it's like a rotation and the ceiling probably isn't there against the bills, but um, I, it's not the worst play. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Washington football team, still no Antonio Brown has not resumed practicing um, and, and probably no Rob Gronkowski here either. Uh, Leonard Fournette just continues to have crazy usage, you know, playing about getting about uh, 60% of the running back snaps. Rojo's role is, is, is pretty useless. And, and Gio, Gio, I guess, is getting some red zone snaps here and there. I think he's got four touchdowns on the year, but it's, it's pretty much all Fournette. They have finally raised the prices on Evans and Godwin, 6,900 yeah. and 7,100. But even with that, uh, you know, the, the team total and the Washington defense efficiency stuff just makes them look like total smash plays. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to fit them both in there um, with Brady at the prices, but with the running back value on the slate, it's definitely possible. And uh, I, I think it makes sense, especially to play them individually as one off season on teams that don't have Brady, just because they will get such a high target share. I mean, I also, Evans, just such a good one off 6% owned with that crazy projection. Yeah. And then I, I think the other piece is that OJ Howard and Cameron Brate are close to minimum priced at 2,700. So Brady double stacks with one of the tight ends are pretty easy to fit into. Um, it's you could even triple stack it just because you're not expecting much at that price point. You do need Brady to throw four or five touchdowns. He's not as mobile as the other quarterbacks. So like the Josh Allen types can pick up rushing yards and four touchdowns from them is the same as five from Brady. So Brady 
think if you're going to play him, you consider triple stacking him with one of these tight ends. I'm not sure, you know, which one is going to be Brait Howard kind of mixing in, in and out, but Brait Brait plays more snaps, but Howard gets the end zone targets yeah. is how and I would, how I would define it. So, and I, I mean, think I think Tyler Johnson too. I mean, Tyler, we, Tyler Johnson has not really earned the targets, but the, the two games that know Antonio Brown, he's played 67% and 64% of steps. I mean, he had five for 65 against new Orleans. Like yeah. he could, he could have, you know, five for five for 60 and a touchdown here. I think um, pretty, pretty reasonably. So I, 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 the, the Brady triple stack is, is actually interesting because you know, there's no rushing production coming from there. Like even with Mahomes, he can sneak like a rushing touchdown or, you know, not, not Mahomes this year, but Mahomes in the past or whatever. Um, but like Josh Allen, you know, Lamar, you would never do that with those guys, but with Brady, it's, it's, it's um, pretty legitimate. Uh, okay. Cleveland Browns at New England Patriots, uh, you know, Dearness Johnson, he's going to be the only active running back. He is going to be the most owned play of the slate. Um, I, I think he is, you know, he, he's a lock or whatever, but the, the interesting plays from this game, I think are, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones has a terrible price, but, but really bad, you know, he, really, but he's got, he, you know, he gets all the deep targets. They don't throw deep to anyone else. I, yeah. I did well, not. One of them was, was a hail Mary, high. right? So he did have the, the deep touchdown, but I just feel like they're so run heavy. Yeah. It, it's like four or five targets. And if he doesn't catch a deep one, you're kind of dead. And at that price, even if he catches one deep one, it might not be enough. So I'm probably off the, the DPJ play. Yeah. Um, and then what is, what is Dernis Johnson failing look like here? Like if, if, I mean, he's got a crack eight, eight, up, he's, 18 carries 60 yards, no touchdowns. Yeah. Looks like couple, what miles Gaskin did last week without the touchdown. Yeah. Right. That, so which I've, could happen. The Patriots defense is pretty good. You know, and Madison's definitely going to be the preferred value it, yeah. over Johnson. Um, I think if, if that's how it shakes out, but it, it does feel like there's a path to Dernis Johnson failing. Yeah, I mean, just no efficiency, no touchdowns. Um, you know, I it, my galaxy brain thought was, what if Jarvis Landry is kind of like the third down back um, because they they don't really have anyone to function in that role and they like to target him really short anyways. Like, Land, it would be pretty funny if Landry totally busts as like a relatively chalky option last week and then gets there against the Patriots, which he could, you know. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he, def- he definitely could at 5,200, like the, yeah, I mean, like you said, the seven for 70 line with the touchdown is definitely in play for him. Yeah. Uh, all right. The New Orleans Saints at the Tennessee Titans. You know, Kamara was looking like a huge value in our projections for a while. Um, and right now, so right now I have Taysom in as the starter. He is priced at 5,200, but that that's totally a guess. And my guess is that he, he was out for three weeks with a concussion. He didn't get cleared for a full practice until the Thursday before the game. So my thought was Simeon's already played. Simeon's been practicing, give him the start, you know, uh, against Atlanta, but now Taysom is back and good to go again. This could be wrong. And I might alter this projection when we get there on Friday, but who do you think is the better starting quarterback for Kamara? Oh, definitely Simeon, because I think you've got Taysom who's going to, so the game script in general, they're going to throw less with Taysom. They're going to run more with Taysom at quarterback. Taysom's going to eat a higher share of the carries. And then he's likely going to target Kamara a little bit less frequently. Whereas Simeon is like the perfect quarterback to throw check down passes and quick screens to Kamara. So I think you saw like 16, 18% of targets for Kamara in the Simeon start last week. I think that would probably hold true. And then Kamara would pick up a little bit of the 
the rush equity. I think kind of regardless, like Taysom is still going to be an issue at the goal line. Like they're still going to use him in some packages, but I definitely think our projections would look a little bit better for Kamara if Simeon was starting. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, you know, saints wide receivers, I guess Deontay Harris has been earning a bunch of targets, but they, they all seem pretty inspiring. The, the interesting, um, pass catching game here, or the interesting pass catcher here is AJ Brown, who has just earned this unreal target. I like, I, he had a 48% target share in the, the night game. He's got like a 38% target share since returning from like the food poisoning uh, hamstring injury combination. And then also, you know, Julio at 5,400. I mean, that's starting to get to the point to me where I'm like, shit, I don't know. $5,400 Julio Jones seems pretty good. Yeah. I mean, even if he's whatever Corey Davis from last year, it seems pretty good. I guess the matchup, it's not the best matchup. I think the individual ceiling on Mike Evans and Godwin is kind of comparable to, to AJ Brown, but I think, AJ Brown is probably the like guy who's like 10% this week after being really popular the past couple, just because I think a lot of the people who are going to pay up are probably going to do it for Devonte Adams, just because the team total is higher for them. The matchup's a little bit better. You got Rogers coming back. And so um, I think AJ Brown probably gets lost in the shuffle a little bit at the wide receiver position this week. Yeah. Which uh, I mean, he, he probably is my favorite one-off play for, for that reason. Um, like I, I think that, you know, 8% owned AJ Brown or whatever feels pretty good. Uh, all right. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts, honestly, no, just no Jaguars for me, like Dan Arnold, Jamal Agnew. I just, I cannot, uh, I, I cannot with these guys and our, our projections, you know, because we have uh, rushing equity for Trevor Lawrence, like thinks he's decent, but I, I'm not really that into it. The, the interesting thing would be do the Indianapolis Colts make Marlon Mack a healthy scratch again because if they do jonathan taylor even at 8100 just looks like a crazy smash it definitely would be a really strong play and i I almost feel like you can bet on the workload even if marlon mack is active just because like he effectively was seeing like three carries a game um three or five three to five carries a game and he was only hitting that in the games where they were double digit digit like triple digit winners and so yeah i think garbage time for mac if he's active could potentially be there but jonathan taylor is going to handle all the rushing workload until they get there um so i I think he is a good play and like you said that there's value in the slate to pay up for whoever you want to really well and people play wide receiver at flex so those dearness johnson alexander madison combo lineups you know if the madison thing does happen then then you're looking at like way reduced ownership on Jonathan Taylor. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I still prefer to pay up for Devonte Adams, I think over Jonathan Taylor, but he he's at least in the conversation as far as the highest ceiling running backs. And then, I mean, I think you got to consider going back to Wentz Pittman stacks as well. One, one Perez, the Millie a couple of weeks ago, the prices really didn't go up too much. And either of those guys, the matchup's incredible. Um, so yeah, Jacksonville would have to keep it competitive, but like, from a value perspective, like three touchdowns for Carson Wentz, like that probably is pretty good. Um, especially yeah, I think, if I think people are going to play Wentz in cash actually. Yeah. I mean, if you have like the two running back values, you might not have to, cause you could just, you could probably play like one of these, you could play Josh Allen, like a, a cheat code, like 35 point ceiling quarterback, but uh, Wentz yeah. is a good play. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And then, do, I mean, do you have any interest in either of his tight ends, Molly Cox or like, would you double stack him? Uh, I'd leave, I'd, I'd consider it. I don't know if you need to in this slate. Cause it seems like there's enough 
value probably where it's like uh as pricing gets tighter you want to correlate more if pricing's pretty loose which it seems like it would be i don't think you necessarily have to on jacksonville's side we do expect james robinson probably back this week he's 6200 if there wasn't so much obvious value i think he'd be at least a little bit interesting um but i'm kind of with you i'm not super interested in in any of the jacksonville guys um dan arnold is okay at his price but um i'd prefer to punt with the tampa Titans. All right, uh, Pittsburgh and Detroit. Um, I think we finally have a week where where DeAndre Swift is is not you know feeding through as like a crazy value in our projections. I mean, we have Jamal Williams added back, and maybe maybe he doesn't play. Um, I don't even know what his specific injury was. Jamar Jefferson did not play a big role, but I mean the the Lions are just so bad. Um, and and if you lose the if you lose, I mean, and that's what happened um in the was it the rams game that they that he got benched in the fourth i don't even remember who time is really such a blur but he he lost the fourth quarter garbage time to jamar jefferson and that's like eagles the eagles yeah Yeah. so that's the whole thesis behind the deandre swift play is he's going to be in there in the fourth quarter getting those check downs and he wasn't um and and maybe i guess maybe you would say there there's less threat of like truly absurd garbage time because it's harder for the steelers to score and on the Steelers side, all of Najee, Ben, uh, Deontay, uh, Fryermuth, all are coming through as as values. And then I, I think Claypool got banged up in that game, uh, so maybe maybe he is not available this weekend, which would give a. I mean, Deontay Johnson's projection is already insane, but yeah, really go really I mean, we've, we've got him like 20, 28 to thirty percent of the team's targets, and he's already really strong play on the slate. Again, like the value lets you get into this price range, sixty eight hundred, pretty reasonable. The team totals there to support it. Najee has 20 plus carries each of the last three games. That's not even counting the fact that he's going to get anywhere from, you know, four to 10 targets, depending what goes down. So uh, I like Najee a little bit better than Jonathan Taylor, but both, both those guys are really strong plays. Uh, Najee and, and Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you, do you, what about, what about Friar Ruth? I mean, the guy, the guy just keeps scoring touchdowns. Are, are we interested in $3,900 Friar Ruth? Yeah, it's a pretty good price. Like, I, I don't think it's, uh, obviously the touchdown variance is not necessarily sustainable, but like 18% of targets is pretty reasonable. Like, especially if Ebron continues to be out and it was a level Ebron kind of sustained for a continuous period of time over the past couple of seasons. And um, yeah, Ben definitely targets the tight ends. And so, I do think that Firemuth can sustain that price tag for sure. Yeah. I, um, I would say like if, if Claypool or some is actually limited or out, then, yeah. you know, there's going to be cheap guys like James Washington who are at least worthy of consideration too. Yeah. James Washington would be the guy you'd think would play outside, but yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Atlanta at Dallas. I guess the reason why this game is so interesting is I, I wonder if we get a little bit of uh you know, the shine being off the apple of CD and Amari. I also have Gallup added back into the projections. This is, I, I think he has to be activated because they, they, you have three weeks to bring a guy back on the active roster after designating him for return. And I'm pretty sure he was designated for return in week eight. So eight, nine, 10. Like, I, I think he, I think Gallup has to be back this week, by the way, the rules work. Maybe that's wrong. Yeah, and so, I mean, that doesn't really impact CD too much. I don't think it impacts Schultz too much, especially now that Jarwin is out. Um, and obviously, Amari Cooper, he's probably the one because he still got there last week. His value, his price didn't change too much. Like So I, I feel like people will still go back to Amari, especially as one-offs. Amari but, did not get there. He got like five. 
Did he score a touchdown? No, Malik Turner scored two. Trust me, I know. So my my galaxy brain take last week was Cedric Wilson is going to have to play more because Jarwin's out and they don't have another wide receiver and he led the wider he actually led the wide receivers in snaps because he he played garbage time too and Amari and CD didn't play garbage time but if if I'm wrong about the Gallup stuff then Cedric Wilson is super sneaky this week as a as a DAC double stack because his he had basically an every down roll. Um, because they 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 only played uh, Sprinkle and Sean McKeon like twenty combined snaps or something, and and they just they just kind of like what the Rams do, where they the Rams just play their five guys and don't sub anyone else out. Yeah, I think this game's pretty interesting for tournaments. Um, you have to get right like lucky, I guess, with the game script, but it's a pretty similar spot as far as the team total for Tampa versus the team total for Dallas. The price tags are a little bit cheaper on CD and on Amari. And then um, same thing with Dak. So you're kind of getting access to the uh, same situation, just a team that's a little bit more run heavy versus pass heavy, but that can definitely flip in a given week. And then we have started to see pits, like you said, trying to bet on younger players breaking out in the second half of the season. We have started to see some of that from pits. Um, so I think this game is probably an underrated game stack in tournaments. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really into this game and probably will be my, my main single entry teams will all focus on, on guys from this game because Cordero Patterson still, I, honestly, I mean, it, it just feels like he gets there every single week, um, that he, again, so week eight, the usage is not great, but scores a touchdown week nine, the running game usage wasn't great, but I think that was kind of a factor of, of the opponent, but the, his, his passing game usage was, was, was better, um, and none of Gage, Sharp, Zacchaeus, n- none of those guys have really established themselves as like, okay, I'm playing Calvin Ridley's position. They're kind of trying to reconfigure things on the fly. And, and Pitts, too, um, in terms of like target volume, pretty disappointing in the games with no, with no Ridley. He only had six targets last week against the Saints um, and, and was really bad uh, the week before. So hard to figure out what's going on there other than that Patterson just seems to get there every single week. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. Um, All right. The Carolina Panthers at the Arizona Cardinals. I don't really think it matters who starts at quarterback for Arizona for James Conner, who's priced at only 6,300. And I, I actually gave, you know, Benjamin, what I thought was a a pretty big role. Um, I gave him uh, 20% of the carries only gave him 2% of the targets because my, my other thing is that I think that Rondale and Kirk are going to just play, um, Rondale and Kirk are going to get a lot of those targets that used to go to Edmonds. Um, you know, a lot of the short area type things. I mean, Rondale already has an average depth of target of 1.2 yards. So I, I really think he is just going to kind of reestablish that Edmonds role, maybe from a slightly different position. Uh, but I mean, Connor is just going to smash here. I mean, he just, it doesn't, I don't think it matters if, if Colt McCoy starts. I don't think it matters if Kyler starts. I just think he is going to, he's going to go bonkers. <laughs> I don't I mean, what is bonkers? I guess it, it feels like if he's losing 100 some work, yards you know, and two touchdowns is totally yeah. in play here. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, like, week. I was going to say, he's had like two touchdowns multiple times this year. Cause it seems like when they get in the red zone, they're definitely running the ball, but he um, just, he hasn't, he hasn't gotten the, like, you know, to get the hundred yard bonus, you have to accumulate enough touches to get there. And he hasn't, he has not, I think his max carries was 14 in a game. And I would think he probably sees more than that here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, that's definitely fair. Um, I'd say the 28 point uh, team total for Arizona definitely suggests that Kyler will be active this week. So something to keep an eye on. Um, I, I think that Kyler himself will probably not be very popular at all. Um, no. Uh-uh. So that would be an interesting play. Like Connor, I guess like he was possibly headed towards being a popular running back, but if this He's other stuff happens, now. it's just hard to get a read on the, the slate. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I like the Dallas game a little bit better, but if, um, you know, if ownership shakes out the right way, I think you can consider stacking this game with Kyler. Um, it, it looks like PJ Walker likely going to start at quarterback for Carolina. Chris McCaffrey is 8,400, which is like, he's usually a 10 K player. So um, he what did see a pitch count in his first game back, but he still had 20 touches. So I think he's definitely going to be one of the top running back values on the slate. Yeah. Um, do you, do you buy my galaxy brain Rondale take? Like, do you think he might be, he might be sneaky that he could, he could play some of these like third downs, like they, and they've been giving him rushes too. Like, I, I just, I wonder if instead of increasing Eno's role, Rondale actually like gets some of those snaps. I don't know. It's, it's very galaxy brain, but that's my thinking right now. Yeah. I mean, they could still just run the little screens and stuff for him too right even if he's not even if they still have connor in the backfield is like the pass protector or they have Eno back there so i could see a spike in targets um just i don't know it, it's been a, a tough tough ride for more even when he like has the playing time last week you still just can't get the touches yeah um what about cmc uh, i mean 8400 cmc yeah he's like that's what's hard to figure out so so he he was kind of eased back in last week um I, I think we're back to full CMC here, but you know, what does that, what, what does that mean against Arizona? You know, like, I don't know. They like the, their quarterback play has just been so poor. He does probably get there. Like he probably catches like nine passes and scores a touchdown, but like, like he played 29 snaps, but they were basically just like, okay, whenever he's on the field, we're getting in the ball. Cause he still had 60% of the team's carries and 17% of the team's targets. So I think it's a really good slate for CMC, especially when like people are going to regret playing Dernis Johnson <laughs> when, when they realize that Christian McCaffrey is like two K less, but maybe people still play him. I don't know. There's definitely good expensive running back plays to slate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is the thing. There are just lots of good running back plays. So it's, it's kind of hard to like, we w- we will not see dramatic ownership on McCaffrey at all, even though he is back to, um, you know, his, his full workload. Let's see, what, what do I have him projected for? So I have him for 72% of the carries, 20% of the targets, 20 DK points, but obviously, you know, when McCaffrey gets that level of touches, he can, he can break it open, you know, cause he is so good. Uh, all right. The Minnesota Vikings at the Los Angeles chargers. We don't know uh, for sure if Dalvin cook is going to play in this game. If he doesn't Alexander Madison, just at just stone, stone cold chalk, Kenny and Wangu, I think would be the third down back. He would be kind of the, the guy spelling in. Don't think he'd have a, a huge role, but in a, in a relatively high total game, you know, Jefferson Thielen, um, you know, and then on the other side, Herbert and, and his pass catching options. Like this, this is a spot. I think they could have a ton of offense that because so much of it's going to be concentrated on Madison. I don't know how much ownership the passing game will get. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I would say if you are going to be MMEing, I probably would be willing to let like two Vikings in just because Madison doesn't have to do if if he's the starter, he doesn't have to do very much at all at 4,500 and they are expected to put up 25 points. So you can go two Vikings, I think, here this week, even if that's not something you normally do. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it would be best to just treat Madison like he's not even a Viking in your runs or whatever. Like if you want to, if you want to stack, like if you want to play Kirk and Thielen or whatever with a Keenan Allen bring back, like just, you know, Madison can be in that lineup, you know, um, no, no problem, I think. And then uh, on the Chargers side, I mean, Keenan Allen is back to being Keenan Allen. Like the, if, if I guess it feels like the first month of the season was kind of a blip in terms of target distribution for Mike Williams, you know, he's back to being targeted 40 yards down the field, not really being targeted in the red zone, not, not getting consistent targets at all. Yeah. You got any read on that, like injury related or just, just variance? Uh, feels like the first month of the season was the variance actually. Yeah. Like it feels, it feels like the, the big volume for Mike was, was not a part of like what they want to do as a team. They want to keep him as the the deep threat the the high a dot guy i mean he's yeah. he's michael hardman basically yeah. like a, so yeah. so yeah i mean i think like you consider mike and double stacks with herbert but otherwise probably eckler allen the individual pieces of the chargers were most interested in picking up on yeah um all right so seattle and green bay the it's not clear who's going to start a quarterback for green bay he did the the mcafee show yesterday and said he doesn't know if he can play or not because I guess he was still symptomatic over the weekend. And so if you're, if you know, the way it works is he's got to have like, cause he's not vaccinated. He's got to have more negative tests than he would if he was vaccinated. So I, I think what I, I think, thought, what, I thought Schefter said he doesn't have to test negative to play. Well, yeah. what Roger said was that there's, he said, uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like I have a slight chance of playing against the Seahawks is what is what he said so I I I can't now I can't remember what it I feels a little like tongue-in-cheek I mean the, the it could be sure the betting markets are hanging at 27 point total which I don't think they do after witnessing that Jordan Love performance yeah uh let's well let's see here and look because our our lines don't always update yeah. um and on, on the Seattle side I think like this game becomes pretty interesting, right? Cause you've got Russ. Super Wilson interesting. From, if, if Rogers plays. Yeah. Yeah. Russ 6,700 DK Metcalf 6,800 Tyler Lockett 6,500. So you've got the Geno Smith price discount baked into DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett this week, but you get Russ Wilson back and potentially a game that could end up getting a little fast. Um, especially obviously if Rogers is, is playing. Yeah. Um, so the the thing that I the thing that um that I like the most about this game is obviously that in the shuffle of all of these plays, DK Metcalf is going to be I don't know four percent maybe, like yeah I, I I always wonder when, like, a lot of it definitely depends on the contest but I I agree with you I think that he probably will be four percent in the MME type stuff or definitely single digits so yeah. The QB bump, I think, is is definitely really important, especially for Seattle. And um, yeah, they're they're getting Chris Carson back, I think, this week as well. We don't have him projected in yet. He's expected to be back. He's at practice today. Not sure if it'll be like a full go situation for him, but a couple of moving pieces on Seattle. Yeah. Um, so I I'm I and and the the stack just makes itself too. Like and like you go, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Devonte Adams bring back. And you can easily make it all. You can easily make it all fit um, because you can just play these. Cheap also, also just like fully own the libs and stack Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams, Marcus Valdez, Scantling, and yeah. Rodgers comes back unvaccinated, throws five touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that no, it's definitely true. All right, the the Philadelphia Denver game. I guess it's kind of interesting because we're still giving Jalen Hurts this huge market share of the rushing attempts for the team. But he just keeps he just keeps getting 
he just keeps getting all of uh, his rushing touchdowns stolen by Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. Yeah. Yeah. I think I trimmed back his rush work a little bit, but still 33% of the team's rushes. It's, you know, it's, it's up there with Lamar and Josh Allen and, um, and the, the matchup is pretty tough at, at Denver lower team total than we've seen for Hertz. So definitely a spot where I'm less comfortable playing him. Um, I think individually, you know, Dallas Goddard at 4,700, a little bit interesting, but the prices on like Devonta he had, Smith he had a too 48% high. target share last, like, I mean, like Hertz really has peppered him, but, but Hertz has thrown, what is it? Uh, he threw 17 times last week and 14 times the week before. Yeah. It's hard to read too much into a 40% target share when <laughs> it's still, I only mean, it, a... it does, it does seem like they only want to throw to Goddard and to Devonta Smith now, which is, it does I don't know. Like their, and their and then, game yeah. plans have been really good too. Right. Yeah. Rager has been a disaster and yeah, they have quest for a couple of deep targets a game. This seems like the way they're going. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like at Hertz is, is still an interesting play to me at 6,500, especially cause it does feel like um, it feels like the field is kind of like going to overreact to these weird games. You know, like if Denver gets up here, like the way they got up against Dallas, we should see more from him. And then the, the Denver guys, the Denver guys are interesting as well. Cause none of them are really price hike, right? Judy 5,300. Uh, and the, the Eagles defense has been really, Judy is the one that I want to buy because his role just looks the same. Like his, his role looks really good, but Denver hasn't had to throw since he came back, but they might, I mean, they could easily have to throw here. Yeah, they definitely could. And, you know, if Noah fans back, I think 4,300, pretty reasonable price tag for him as well. Um, Broncos D I think is in play this week, 3,200. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a weird situation because the Eagles, I mean, they've run the ball 70% of the time in the past two weeks. If they're, uh, so that's definitely what they're going to try to do. But if the game doesn't go the way they expect or they get down multiple touchdowns, they, they might not be able to. So, um, I don't know. In general, that takes me kind of off the game entirely just because the potential for such a run heavy game script makes the Eagles almost unstackable. And there's, there's a ton of really good games to stack this week. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, all right. And there we go. That's our, that's our last game. So it's uh, it's definitely a slate that is going to change a ton based off of, of news. I mean, we have, we have lots of news coming in, um, you know, small injury stuff. We have teams where we don't know who the starting quarterback is and, and that, you know, feeds through for all the projections and everything, but um, it does, it does seem, seems like a, seems like a good slate last week. Uh, did did not seem like a good slate on the surface, but this one this one does seem pretty interesting. Yeah, it should be a fun one. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone. There we go. DailyRoto.com. Keep up to date with all the projections and stuff that you need, and we'll be back later this week. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited two percent cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 